Pastor Xavier Reese explains why truth is better than lies. Listen to Proverbs 20, verse 17. It says, Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth will be filled with gravel. Been there? Lies are horrible. You become a slave to your lies. You're always afraid someone's going to find you out, your husband, your wife. Make sure you have integrity. Make sure you're upright. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Our courts are filled with defendants who are beating the system because they're using clever lawyers skilled in the art of deceit. Well, Pastor Xavier says those in the church can also fall prey to deceit. That is, unless they use the Bible as the final authority. Today, he brings us the simple truth and warning from the book of Joshua. Let's listen. Joshua chapter 9, and the message entitled, Lies are Clever and Convincing. And so what we want to do is look at the covenant made by Israel with the Gibeonites, which is characterized by three things. Verse 1 through 14, it's characterized by a fraudulent undertaking. Notice verse 1 through 5, the Gibeonites devised a deceptive plan to make a covenant with Israel. The plan of all the other kings in verse 1 and 2 was to fight against Israel. They had heard about the event at Mount Gerizim, Mount Ebal, the whole country there, erecting the, the altar, the proclaiming of God's word. They freaked out. They have come across Jordan. They have taken Jericho. They've taken Ai. They're in the central of the land. There's no stopping them. In reality, they were fighting against God because God had judged them and was judging them, and the land was going to be given to Joshua. Notice verse 3. The plan of the Gibeonites was contrary to these kings. They didn't want to fight. The deciding factor was in hearing what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai. So in verse 4, the Gibeonites were clever in their plan. Take note of this. Notice they went and they passed themselves off as ambassadors, those who were representing a foreign country from far away. Look at verse 6. The Gibeonites arrived. They went directly to Joshua. They're in the camp. Uh, they said to him and all the men of Israel, we have come from a far country. You disarm them. They said, now, therefore, make a covenant with us. Oh, be careful when someone tries to hurry things on. <laughs> Whenever you're pressured to make a decision, back off. Wait. Then the men of Israel, in verse 7, said to the Hivites, perhaps you dwell among us. There was a check there. Something wasn't right. God was checking them. So how can we make a covenant with you? Again, they understood. They, they weren't to make any covenant. They knew that clearly by the law. And here's a check. Checked by what they knew in the law and perhaps a check by the Spirit of God. Be careful. Those yellow lights, those blinking red lights, don't ignore them. The response of the Gibeonites was with greater deception to distance themselves from having to answer the objections. But they said to Joshua, we are your servants. Oh, it disarms you. They're pressed by Joshua. Joshua's hanging on. He won't be sidetracked. And Joshua said in verse 8 there, who are you, and where do you come from? He knew the prohibition, Deuteronomy 7. Don't make covenants with them. They seen Joshua's persistency and fear of being found out, immediately and cleverly distanced themselves from the land altogether. Listen to what they say. From a very far country, 
Your servants have come because of the name of the Lord, your God. For we have heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt. Verse 11, their message was to be, we're your servants. Make a covenant with us. This is the third time, by the way, the mention of being a servant. See, it appeals to our pride. But we love to be in control and we love to be thought of as great, so we put our guard down. We get taken in. And so the giving I succeeded in their deception here. Look at 14. The men of Israel relied on their own understanding. They took some of the provisions, but they did not seek counsel of the Lord. The word take means to take with the hand with the idea to examine it. Well, you know, that looks good. Yeah, it is flat. And, you know, you are telling me the story, and that is good. The deception came by fraudulent undertaking. And notice, secondly, you have the foolish decision. Verse 15 through 21. He says, so Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them. And it happened at the end of three days that after they had made the covenant with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors who dwelt near them. And then the children of, of Israel journeyed and came on the cities of the, on the third day. Now the cities were Gibeah, uh, Chephra, uh, Beeroth, and Kirhath-Jerim. But the children of Israel did not attack them because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel, and all the congregation complained against the rulers. Now notice verse 19. Then all the rulers said to all the congregation, We have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore we may not touch them. This we will do to them. We will let them live, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath which we have sworn to them. And the ruler said to them, Let them live, but let them be woodcutters, water carriers for all the congregation, as the rulers had promised them. The leader Joshua here in verse 15 believed them and they made peace with them. He's the leader. He bought it. The agreement of Joshua was to be one in fellowship with them from then on. The implications being much more than just fellowship. Now they were mutually responsible to each other. Protection, soundness, health, everything. The agreement was direct. Disobedience to God's command to not make a covenant with the people of the land. Exodus 23:32 and other portions says, Take heed to yourself lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going. Listen, lest it be a snare in your midst. Ooh, a snare. That's a trap. Numbers 33:55. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes, thorns in your sides. They shall harass you in the land where you dwell. God warned them. God told them. A flashing red light means stop. It's not a suggestion. The shocking reality to Israel now hits them. They lied about the distance of their homeland. Verse 16. At the end of the three days, having made that covenant with them, verse 16, they found that they were neighbors. Once they obtained their goal, they gradually spoke the truth now, knowing there was nothing they could do about it. And how many people have lied to different things? Then they get, well, so what? I mean, hey, come on, let's move on. And they just want to, no, no, no. How dare us as Christians defraud somebody? How dare we lie to someone? How dare one would lie to a mate? Entering relationship or marriage or stuff like that, and you lay a trip on them. How do you know how they're going to respond? How do you know how they're going to take it? How do you know how much they're going to destroy them? Pretty heavy, isn't it? Dishonorable. Notice in verse 18 and 19, next you have the shabby reasoning for honoring the oneness of the covenant. Shabby, flaky. 
Verse 18, the children of Israel did not attack them because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. The outcome was not all the congregation wanted. They complained. Why? Because the rulers made a mistake. And in their mind was fresh, Achan. We're going to die. They just, it just came out of AI. All right? What are you doing? The rulers of all of them said to the congregation, we have sworn to them by the Lord our God, the God of Israel. Now, therefore, we may not touch them. They were wrong. Why? Because this was their policy. It wasn't God's. God said, don't make compromise. Don't make covenant, right? Look at verse 20 and 21. You have the shameful rationale in view of the covenant. In verse 20, they attempted to make up for their mistake by dressing it with spiritual garb but it's still flesh. Listen to it well. They said, this we will do to them. We will let them live, lest wrath fall upon us, which is nowhere revealing by God in the text. It was their attempt to coerce, intimidate, and manipulate the people to agree with them. They blew it. And sometimes when we, come, we, we try to disguise it, well, you know, the Lord was leading, and I, I really think that God, you know, God honors everything. You know, all things work for good, this and that. But the bottom line is we end up reaping the consequences, don't we? We can say anything we want. We can justify it any way we want. But we know we've disobeyed. And we know we've sown. We know we're going to reap. Now, it seems that God honored the hearts of the Gibeonites because as we look at the history of the Gibeonites, they did become loyal to Israel. And when Saul killed many of the Gibeonites, then God sent three years of famine in 2 Samuel 21.1. So sometimes God, in his mercy and grace, will, if a person makes a mistake, becomes unequally yoked, gets married, God will save that individual. But that's not doctrine. That's just mercy. The majority of times it doesn't happen. Don't take disobedience, and try to make a doctrine when God, by his sovereign grace, still works. There are still consequences. There are still things that we reap from over and over and over again. The ruler said in verse 21, let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for all the congregation. And the rulers had promised this, to notice the Gibeonites, before they met with the people. They already made this decision. Politicians don't change, do they? Inside the church or outside the church? How many young women or men have had to live with the consequences of their decisions because of self-determination to be in charge of their lives? I know what the Bible says, but it'll all work out and God will... No, it won't. A person will make a decision to be unequally yoked as a boyfriend, girlfriend, and they begin real innocent. Well, you know, the guy asked me, and I already told him, yes, good. Call him and say, listen, I can't go out with you because I'm a Christian and you're not. And the Bible tells me not to. Well, I can't tell him that. You can't tell him the truth? So you're going to make a lie up and say, I have a headache? I'm going out with my mom and dad? So now you've compromised it by disobeying God, and now you're going to cover it with a lie? 
And if that happens, then when they run into you again, they find out you're a Christian. She's a Christian? Oh, wow, she, she lied to me. She, you give them the truth. You say, you know what? I was wrong. I shouldn't have said yes to you, and I can't go out with you because I'm a Christian. What's wrong with the truth? They're going to think you're flaky one way or the other. Who cares? Make them think you're flaky telling the truth. <laughs> People who make constant foolish decisions in their lives have one of two options. They can attempt to spiritualize everything to appear spiritual. They can say, well, you know, God uses everything for his glory. Well, you know, my husband, we're gonna, he's going to get saved. God promised me. The Bible says you and your household will be saved. Out of context. <laughs> and your basis is disobedience? Oh, I'm serving the Lord. I don't care what she's going to do. You know, I mean, I told her before. Now she doesn't want to. Yeah, but you were the Christian. She wasn't. And now you're trying to be spiritual? Shame on you. The other option is they can admit their error and repent. And then ask God to forgive them, which he will. And then ask God for the grace and the wisdom to be an example and faithful in the situation to glorify him. And recognize that this is your doing, but God will be gracious within the consequences, and you walk and you grow. And you do not escape your responsibility. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then walk in the spirit. Here's the promise. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Not in the flesh. When we see that we have made a wrong or bad decision or promise to someone that is clearly in violation of the scriptures, we should not hold on to it. We should retract it. Lest we enter in and hurt ourselves and many others. Don't think you must honor a legal contract that has been the source of fraud to you today. If you have an addition or something in the contract with a car and there's been deception and lies, you have legal means to get out of it. And you should as a Christian. You don't just roll over and eat it. Okay? It's under false pretense. Business deal, whatever it may be. Make sure you're careful who you're going into business. Make sure you're careful who you're hanging out, what you're promising, what you're doing. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Say, you know what, I was wrong. I shouldn't have committed myself to there, and I'm terribly sorry I'm wrong. Back off. Listen to Proverbs 20, verse 17. It says, bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth will be filled with gravel. Been there? Lies are horrible. You become a slave to your lies. You're always afraid someone's going to find you out, your husband, your wife. Make sure you have integrity. Make sure you're upright. The foolish decision came by self-determination. Notice thirdly in verse 22 through 27, you have the formidable compromise. 22 to 27. Then Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, Why have you deceived us, saying, We are very far from you when you dwell near us? Now, therefore, you are cursed, and none of you shall be freed from being slaves, woodcutters, and water carriers for the house of my God. So they answered Joshua, and they said, Because your servants were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore, we were very much afraid for our lives because of you and have done this thing. And now, here we are in your hands. Do with us as it seems good and right to do to us. And so he did to them and delivered them out of the hands of the children of Israel. 
so that they did not kill them. In that day, Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation for the altar of the Lord in the place which he would choose even to this day. Notice first in verse 22 through 24, the personal confrontation of the Gibeonites for their deception. Listen, personal accountability for words is very, very important. You make people accountable to what they say. You hold yourself accountable to what you say. You don't just shoot your mouth off. You don't just flip your lip. If you say something, you better back it up. It better be truth. And when someone says that, you call them on the carpet. Joshua calls them, notice, he speaks to them. Why have you deceived us? He confronts them. And then he repeats the very worst of them. They said, we are very far from you when you dwell near us. So use people's words. Don't, don't give them hearsay what they, some of you heard somebody else tell you. What did they tell you? Come with the facts. These are your, did you not tell me this? Yes, all right, explain it to me. This is what you told me. I was there, you told me. Make them accountable. Verse 23, the punishment for their deceit. Joshua told them in verse 23, they were cursed. None of you shall be free from being slaves. They lost their free will. Literally, they would never cease to furnish slaves. This is the flesh all the time. I want to make people pay. You owe me. I've got you under my thumb. There's the flesh. He would make them woodcutters, water carriers for the house of God, the tabernacle, and later on, of course, the temple. They lost their free will. Lies, sins will make you a slave. You have to work hard all the days of your life. It's so great to be able to know that you can tell the truth. That you don't have to worry about remembering all the lies. Now, who would I say who or what would I say? I mean, you got to be pretty smart to be a liar. You ever think about it? You have got to be smart. Verse 24, their prior hidden motives of their deceit is revealed. The giving eyes came and they said to them, because of your servant, clearly told them that the Lord your God commanded Moses, he was going to give them the land and wipe everybody out. So now they come with the truth. But the thing is, this is way down the road. Listen to me. Be truthful. Because if you keep changing the story, then greater distrust grows in the person. And when you're telling the truth, they can't even believe you anymore. Don't lie. Don't twist. Don't exaggerate. Don't omit information. Be truthful. Husbands and wives, that is more important than anything else. You'll blow a hole in your marriage, it'll never be patched up. You understand? If you can't be trusted, nothing can be built. Truth. Notice verse 25. The personal concession of Joshua with the Gibeonites after the deception. Verse 25, the Gibeonites cast themselves at Joshua's mercy. They entrusted themselves to Joshua, and now... Here we are in your hands. And this is a place where you come. The person finally comes clean. Fine. But the damage has been done. Now, two important principles here. The damage is done. You're really repentant. But don't try to just make the other person feel bad or force. Well, you know, you have to this and that. You, you consider what you've done to that person. You consider what you've put them through, okay? That's one aspect of it. Be careful that you don't just say, well, you have to forgive me, which is true. But the attitude is what's important, right? They acknowledge their guilt by declaring, do with us as seems good to you, right? To do to us. All right. What do you want to do? But when there's true brokenness and truthfulness and humility, that's when it's effective. And so verse 26, the Gibeonites were spared by Joshua 
He delivers them out of the hands of the children of Israel. They didn't kill them. And then in verse 27, the Gibeonites were made workers of the people of God and the things of God. Every day, woodcutters, water carriers. Verse 27. It would be in the tabernacle. Then later on, when they made the temple, it would be there. Now again, God honors sometimes our stupidities. That's not doctrine. Listen, dishonesty in many ways, unfortunately, often pays. Happily, it's also true, deception catches up with you. (laughs) Sooner or later, the cat will come out of the bag. (laughs) All in any confederacy that attacks you and myself is to be entrusted to God, first of all. Whatever it may be, lest we be so overwhelmed or want to take the thing into our own control. Psalm 37, 1 and 2 says, For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. I commit myself to him as a faithful creator in my sufferings, 1 Peter 4, 19 says. If it's just in good times, then where's my commitment? Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, all deception and lies must be confronted and responded to if people are going to be honorable and reconciled. Truth must be spoken. The lies must be cleared up. Omissions, distortions. Questions must be answered. Well, I don't want to talk about No, you, we need to talk about that. Because doubts only grow. They don't go away. You need truth. The truth is to be expected. And it's to be accepted as a sign of repentance for the wrong and the damage. So I accept it in faith that you are repentant. And that person should be assured from that point on that all of the energies of my life will be going towards restoration and not castigation. All of us need to remember how gracious the Lord has been to us in our situations in life. We have to remember that. We must be gracious and merciful as the Lord has been gracious and merciful to us when there's true repentance. We must make sure that we not merely want to punish, but that we want to resolve the issues and move on in the relationship. We must leave the past behind by the grace of God and the love of God and by denying ourselves. Listen to Ephesians 4, 30 through 32. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God and Christ forgave you, just as Christ and God forgave you. No one will ever sin against you as much as you have sinned or will sin against God. Remember that. When there is true, genuine repentance, you will and you must give forgiveness. And you must go to the cross. And you must go to the grace of God. And you must die to self. And you must be like your master. It's what we're called to do, people. We're sons and daughters of God. A formidable compromise would become a source of infection and hurt to them. The covenant made by Israel with the Gibeon is pretty heavy, isn't it? Characterized by a fraudulent undertaking. Be wise. Don't be gullible. 
Don't be simple as the proverb says. Know the word of God. Ask questions. Pray. Foolish decisions. Leaning to your understanding. Not checking with God. Formidable compromise. It's done. All you can do is acknowledge it and ask forgiveness. May God help us. Pastor Xavier Reese with a few reminders on why God's ways are better than man's. And you can request a copy of today's important study called Lies Are Clever and Convincing. It's available for just $4 upon request. And this will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. Now, the title to ask for once again is Lies Are Clever and Convincing. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com